Welcome, everybody, and it's another Hollywood Godfather podcast. And thank you for all listening in. Pat Picciarelli's on, as we always are together. Hi, everybody. With our millennium. Millennium? Millennial. Millennial. Megan Horan. Megan Horan. Haran. Haran. You're so close every time. Haran. Oh, well. That's all right. It's close enough. Don't need a nestle. Yeah. The only time I call you by your name is on the, on the, <laughs> yeah. on, on, on the show. Yeah, you're right. So with that said, Pat and I were very curious because as we always had talked about our mentors, we're going to put you on the spot today. We want to hear Ooh. about your mentor, tours or how many you yes, may have. Yes, plural. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, so Gianni and Pat have encouraged me to speak about my mentors tonight. Um, so for people who may not know, I'm only 24 years old. Um, so I do, in a way, feel that it's all just beginning. Um, but I have had a very wonderful upbringing, childhood, young adulthood, all of that good stuff. So um, Lucky everything you. that I'm going to talk <laughs> about, right? Everything that I'm going to talk about has gotten me to this point. Um, so I hope everybody doesn't mind hearing my voice for this most of this episode. Well, we're going to talk um, about it. We're going to jump in here and there. You know. Yeah, anywhere you want. Because we want to know who to blame. Now we're going to know their names. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that I have five major mentors in my life thus far, excluding the two who I'm sitting here with tonight. Whoa. Just to get that straight, I won't okay. be going into detail about that. Okay, please. But everybody knows what that's like anyway, so it's Thank fine. You. So, the first two are, of course, my parents. Oh, there you go. Where would I be without my parents, right? That's nice. So, my mom and dad do live fairly private lives. So, for that reason, I'm not going to go into too much detail. Um, but I will say one thing is that they've always encouraged me to pursue my dreams, my passions. I could do whatever I wanted in life, be whoever I wanted in life. And I'm very fortunate enough to say that they've allowed me to do so. So, that being said... So my how, dad's come, always, how come you got permission to be with us? <laughs> I think they like you. I think they like you a little bit. So that being said, my dad especially has always pushed me to do things that I might hesitate to do. Um, his one thing is that he always wanted me to work out of my comfort zone, um, which I'll come back to a bit later. So I'm going to try to keep these in order, but they basically all come together in a way somewhat of the same timeline. But I'll start here. Um, I've mentioned it before on the show, but I'll say it again because I'm going to get into it. I would say the most influential person in my life who I don't actually have a personal connection with is the star of Law & Order SVU, Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, Everybody I know. knows I have quite the soft spot for Mariska. Um, I do so too, the story. <laughs> for a different yeah. reason. <laughs> I know, that's why we have, to, we have to meet up with her at some point. I know. We can make it happen. So... When I was in early high school, I was introduced to the show Law and Order SVU by a friend, um, and we watched one episode. And she's, you know, telling me who everybody is, all of the characters, and then another came on, and I said, "Now who's that?" And my friend laughed, and she was like, "Meg, that's still Olivia Benson." I was like, "Why does she look so different?" And she said, "This show has been on since we were three years old, <laughs> 1993." Wow. So they have a lot of seasons, and this was back probably in 2012. That's when she had short hair. Yeah, her hair, it was like a longer hair, probably first or second season, and then she had the short hair again, or like a ponytail or something, and I was like, that can't be the same person, but it was. But they had, you know, so many seasons, and Olivia's obviously had a lot of haircuts. Um, so I became completely addicted to the show. 
you know, it was obvious, it was obviously a very adult content for me um, at the time. I mean, it, it still is. It's very deep stories. Um, but I was so fascinated by the actors and the storylines. And I just got so sucked in as so many people do. I mean, of course, it's now in its 22nd season. And well, it has let me ask you a question a before huge... we get too far away. A lot of our audience don't even know who she is. Why don't you give them a little background? I think that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Law and Order SVU, I'm sure if people don't know, it's an NBC show run by Dick Wolf. There's been a lot of Law and Order franchises. There's a new one, Organized Crime. So Mariska Hargitay plays Detective, well, now, I guess, what is she, Lieutenant Livia Benson? Um, her, what was that, Pat? She's a captain. So she's captain now, right, <laughs> captain. I can't, I can't demote her. Um, and her parents were Mickey Hargitay, who was Mr. Universe, um, an actor as well. And her mom was Jane Mansfield, um, old Hollywood, you know, icon. Um, Amazing woman. And yeah, and Mariska is an actor, actress. And um, so getting back to the show, in particular, I was always especially taken by Mariska's activism in real life. Um, sometimes when you fall in love with a character on a show or a movie or a book, you know, in a way you wish that they were real, but Olivia and Mariska, when you break it down, really aren't that different. So that's something that I really connected to was that kind of what you see is what you get in real life. Obviously she's not a detective, but both character, both the character and the real person are very passionate for life and what they do. Um, especially for the survivors of sexual assault. Um, Mariska has her Joyful Heart Foundation. Um, she has her and the Backlog campaign, which had to do with ending the backlog of rape kits. Um, she's done her No More campaign. So much for survivors. And, you know, I've never had a personal experience with that, but I still just fell in love with her. I would like so to enlighten been... our, our, before you get too far with her also, her childhood, I mean, was a tragedy as she yes. started as, as, yeah. a, as a little girl. And I think anytime I see her, because I'm I'm somewhat of an actor, and I watch her emote and and cry on a, 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 a on a direction, I'm sure she's thinking of the tragic accident that she witnessed actually as she sat in the back seat of the car that decapitated her mother. That I think most of our audience don't know that. Yeah, how yeah, old was she yeah. at the time? Does anybody know? He was three. Three years old. Yep. Uh, let's hope she has she a scar. Help. She has a scar like right above her one of her eyebrows from the accident. Yeah, it was a car accident. Yep. So they, they were she's very approachable. Uh, uh, I'm in the process of starting the uh, starting the process of writing a book on the daughter of a Hollywood celebrity and. Uh, we reached out to her to comment because this uh, child of Hollywood was abused as a child and uh, had a very rough upbringing. And those are topics that are close to uh, Mariska Hargitay's uh, eyes. She just, you know, she works hard at it. This isn't the usual Hollywood, let me attach myself to a charity thing. She works right. hard. So uh, we reached out to her. I don't know her. <laughs> Uh, and the person that I'm uh, writing about has a, uh, a a manager who she shares with her, but they they never met. Anyway, just oh. one phone call, 
she returned the call and she was happy to write uh, something very nice uh, based on the proposal that she read. And she's extremely approachable. I was surprised because she was in she was in the middle of shooting when we asked her. Well, now we're going to put you on the spot. I know. I'm trying, trying to get her on. You got to get her on the show. Well, she was in the she was in the middle of uh, uh, Law and Order Organized Crime and Law and Order SVU. Right. Well, she's the, executive producer on both. Yeah, the filming of of the start of that. She's a producer on both of them. Yep. Right. So uh, they stopped shooting about two or three weeks ago. They finished the season. But there's post-production work that they're doing now. Mm. Last I heard, and that was last week. I don't know how long that's going to last. But I am on top of it. Please. uh, We have to do this favor for our little... (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Trying trying my hardest. (laughs) Getting back to Mariska, go ahead. Yes, I'll get back to my story. So basically, I'd always been infatuated with singers, actors, other artists. Um, But Mariska and SVU were definitely the catalyst of my eventual love of the entertainment industry and more specifically acting, actually. As a kid, I'd done theater, you know, mostly because I loved to sing, but then I also enjoyed acting at the same time. Um, So this is where I come back to what I said earlier about my dad, you know, always pushing me to go out of my comfort zone. Um, I had interest in, I showed interest in taking screen acting classes at a casting agency back home, but I was a bit too scared (laughs) to sign up. Um, So this was probably, this was like my sophomore year of high school, I think. So of course my dad, knowing me better than I know myself, he kept encouraging me to sign up. And finally it was my birthday. The night of my birthday was the day before the class was going to start. And he finally said, do you want to do it? And I said, yes. Okay, fine. I'll do it. And I was terrified, especially, you know, the week of the first class. I remember we were going around the room and introducing ourselves and I could feel that my face was red hot and even my voice and my body, I was shaking. And um, when it came to my turn, I said, and you're probably wondering why I'm here because I'm so nervous. (laughs) But that went away fairly quickly. Um, I actually ended up taking four classes there starting in 2013. Um, This was at Mike Lemon Casting in King of Prussia, PA, um, a little bit outside of Philly. And they had cast for The Sixth Sense and a bunch of other, um, you know, Philly-based productions. So I eventually worked my way up to advanced courses, which were with Mike Lemon himself, the owner of the entire casting agency. Um, So there comes my next mentor. Mr. Mike Lemon. Um, By the time I got to Mike's classes, I was really thriving in his classroom environment, the entire studio offices. I felt very comfortable there. Um, Mike Mike himself was a very special, vulnerable, genuine person. Um, So I really felt so comfortable in his presence. Um, And I think the entire class did as well, which made for it to be a really great environment. Um, I ended up being invited back while I was in college um, by Mike himself, he wanted to shoot a short film in the studio. So he brought back what he would say was some of his best students to shoot this short film. Um, So basically, he was always very encouraging of me and really helped my confidence grow, you know, whether it was within that studio, within those classes, but in general. Um, So he was definitely, you know, a big turning point for me. Um, and since then, I haven't continued with any sort of acting. Um, I've always loved it, but I guess you really have to have that passion to keep going. 
Um, and for me, I just kind of wanted to have, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to have that normal college experience. So that's eventually how that ended up. Um, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself there with the whole college thing. Um, so around that same time in my life, early high school era, I gained another mentor, which I'll get into now. So I referred to my passion for SVU earlier, Mariska Harga, tell you that whole thing. Um, I also referred to my dad, you know, encouraging me to chase my dreams, all that. Um, well, at one point in 2013, I asked my dad, do you think it's possible? You know, I'm a little kid from a small town, you know, big dreams, but it doesn't seem too achievable. And I asked him, you know, what are, what are the odds that someday I can meet Mariska Hargitay and, you know, visit the set of SVU? And um, I knew they filmed on location in New York. And he told me, if you can find where they're filming, I'll go, I'll take you. So one night I found on Twitter um, a picture of one of those um, postings on the telephone pole where they say like, don't park here, we're gonna put, put our trucks here. Right. Um, and you zoomed and, in on it? And well, somebody posted it like, oh, you know, somebody living in the city. No, oh, I mean, then you um, zoomed in and read it? Yeah, I looked at it and I saw where the location was. And I ran up to my dad and I said, I, I, I found it. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow morning. Their call time is at like seven. And um, he was like, okay, we'll go. Wow. So what a we good got dad. up at like 5 a.m. I know, right? We got up at 5 a.m. and drove to New York to watch them. Who all them. went? Who all went? The whole family? Just me and my dad. Oh, okay. Just me and my dad, yeah. So at the time, New York City was very unfamiliar to me. Um, so the fact that my dad was willing to drive me there on a whim was incredible. Um, and it's never been so far from where I live. You know, Philly and New York are not far apart, um, but it was still just so far in. Um, so we showed up at the location where they were filming and they were using an indoor location. So I couldn't see much of the action that was going on, but people like Ice-T and Kelly Giddish and Danny Pino, all the actors at the time were going in and out. Um, so I was basically in heaven. Uh, and, but I stayed back because I didn't want to bother anyone. Um, but I got comfortable fairly quickly. At one point, one of the guys working on the crew came up to me. And he could already just tell why I was there, you know, a young girl wandering around the set, you know, wanting to see something. Um, he said, I'm sorry, honey, but Marishka's not here today. And I was like, ah. I was disappointed, but I was like, it's okay. I'm just here to watch. Um, you know, I love the entire cast, not just Marishka. So I was, I was content um, and was hoping for another time I'd get to see her. So then this other guy comes up to me, which is the next mentor I'm referring to. His name is Don, and he was a dolly grip, which is basically part of the um, camera crew, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and he came up to me and my dad. It was the, the whole crew was so nice. Like, they weren't like, oh, get out of the way. Why are you here? They kept, you know, wanting to help us out. Um, so he asked why we were there, and I said, oh, you know, my dad and I, we drove from Philly. Not only am I a big fan of the show, but I also want to get into this as a career eventually immediately he took me under his wing he pulled out the call sheet he's teaching me everything um brought me onto the set that they had just filmed and he's he's saying you know here's the set dresser he just made this look like a halfway house and that's so and so and so and so and he's introducing me to everyone um 
And I really felt like I was dreaming. And of course, my dad, Gianni, you know my dad. He was so ecstatic for me. Like, he's thriving on the environment, even if he had, you know, no connection to it whatsoever. Um, so basically, we watched them film the entire day. And by the end, Don gave me his information and said, if you ever want to come back, just let me know. So I think within that year or two years, I ended up going there three more times. Whoa. You know, my dad would drive me up to New York every time at various filming locations throughout the city. Um, and and how, time, how many Don, years ago was that? That was in 2013. Oh, okay. So it's been yeah. a while. Eight years. It's been a little while. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so at one point, Don even, um, he called up Central Casting and gave us gave them our names and got us to be background actors for the day, which was definitely very cool. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. What and a nice guy. Had, Jesus. I know. So nice. And I'm still in touch with him today. Um, and basically because of him, I got to finally meet Mariska. Um, so I could, when did I'm that sorry. happen? Also, it was September of 2013. Oh, so you met her that same um, year. That's good. Yeah, that same year. I made it a goal and it happened. So that day, they were filming outside of the 16th Street precinct, like right near Chelsea Piers. Yeah. Right um, where you're living. <laughs> yeah, close to that. Um so, you know, John, Don's showing, showing me around. He's showing me how the dolly tracks are set up. You know, he always really wanted me to learn because he loved that I was, you know, encouraged by it. Um, and I really found it fun. And so my dad and I are hanging back, trying to stay out of the way. And all of a sudden, a big black SUV pulls up. Um, you could tell that somebody was getting out. On, but the they were getting out on the opposite side of the car where our viewing point was. Um, but I I literally felt it in my soul that it was going to be Mareshka. And next thing I know, the car pulls away, and there she is standing on the opposite side of the street. Um, I'm trying to keep it cool, but I'm absolutely freaking out inside. So I get to watch them film. Don brings me behind the camera. I'm watching the takes on the monitor, um, you know, and it's just Mariska's face on the monitor as you would see it on screen. So, and then I look behind and she's standing there. It's just amazing. And then we spend the whole day there. And by the end, I finally got to meet her. Um, she was walking towards the car to, I'm sure, go home. And I just called out Mariska and she turned around and I burst into tears. <laughs> really? Burst, in, oh, that's burst nice. into tears. She must have loved and that, I, though. I probably blubbered something about, you know, I admire you and blah, whatever I could manage to get out at that point. Um, and she hugged me and we took a photo and she told me it was so lovely meeting me. And I was just on cloud nine, literally the west, rest of that like week, <laughs> month. I don't even know. But course, she was... Uh, uh, of course, over the years, you probably lost the photo. You have no idea where it is. Oh, right? yeah, oh, sure, I yeah. It. I have it. It's probably blown up over her bed. It's probably the wallpaper. <laughs> it's a wallpaper hey, in maybe, her room. Maybe not that far, but I have an album in my phone specifically of all of the times I've been to SVU sets that I'll never lose them. Okay, that's good, though. That's a great mm -hmm. story, though. And like, yeah. right here we are, Pat and I, we're experiencing with you and following your dreams, even with us, because we, you know, obviously, yeah, we're, we're it's expanding. It's always nice, you know. You have to have some kind of a passion in life. Right. Mm -hmm. When you're young, like you were, you're so fortunate. Well, and still are, but back then, when you were a teenager, you're so fortunate to have your father. 
My God, that's amazing. Oh, absolutely. Most parents would say, what? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Five o'clock, I ain't going to be you know, <laughs> Well, you have to have something to fall back on, like be a nuclear physicist or something yeah. in a spare time act. But if you had something like that, that was gold. I mean, my God, yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, he, he never wanted, both of my parents included, not just my dad, never wanted me to limit myself because I was, I was, yeah, I was lucky enough that they could provide me with, you know, a great life and, and be able to say, you want to, you want to go do this? You want to move to New York? Go ahead, go do it. That's great. So, well, yeah. we're thankful to him. <laughs> oh my God. And I your mean, mother. My dad, he's, he's been so influential in, in everything. I mean, he encouraged me to talk to you. So it's like, oh, I, mean, I still owe him. I remember that day very well. Yeah. Yeah. And you were probably yeah. saying, I don't want to talk to that guy. He looks mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, I don't want to bother him. He's pulling I, I, I was in a bathing suit, not a, not a three-piece suit. Yeah, he wasn't that intimidating <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't intimidating at all. In fact. <laughs> no, I mean, at, oh. like, I, mean I and, and, and Pat, we come from a generation of my, obviously his father's younger than mine, but those old timers, man, they were like very strict. I could, yeah. I could never picture my father going out of his way for anything at five o'clock yeah. in the morning, especially yeah. me. <laughs> I always tell uh, uh, people that I was uh, introduced to my father when I was twelve. <laughs> I was always working, you know. I mean, he <laughs> he, he owned a restaurant, uh, a restaurant slash bar uh, in Little Italy. And he was always there. You know, he said about that business, if you're not there, somebody's going to steal it from you. Of course. Oh, man. That's he true. was right. You got to be really careful in that business. That's before credit cards. Everything was cash. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I envy you and your relationship with your parents because oh I know God. I didn't have that. Gianni, I know. Didn't oh, my God. That. I didn't have it at all. Uh, I, am, I am very, very fortunate. I'll recognize yeah. that. Absolutely. Um, so basically, to get back to my little story here. It's a great um, story. It's, don't, don't take it lightly because you know how many people that are probably listening? Like, I, I had very little relationship with my family. And uh, it, it's, it's admirable because of the fact that, you know, especially in the, in the world we live in today, everybody's got too much time for themselves and, and they want to spend it with themselves and not share it with a kid like yourself at that time. But mm -hmm. um, you're very lucky. Very lucky. Thank God. I am. I'll agree with that. Um, so, yeah, because of meeting Marushka, she was so gracious and kind. I can imagine it would be a tiresome day and she doesn't want to have the energy to talk to somebody. But I'm so happy that she did because it definitely was kind of a make or break thing for me. If she was, you know, oh, yeah. gave me the cold shoulder, I, who knows what I would have done. And that's. And there's so many people like that. I mean, one comes to mind immediately with me was Pacino when we were doing Any Given Sunday. He was yeah. really, I mean, I couldn't believe how he would treat people, just not, not, uh, not the actors and, you know, his peers, but people on the set that begged to even say hello to him. He'd just ignore them totally. That's why if you see him even now, I see it. He, anytime you see Pacino, even on a set, you'll see him, with a cassette player and earplugs in. 
So when you're talking to so him, he can't talk to anybody. So he thinks he makes you think he's, he's not listening to nobody. That's the way he just uh-huh. has a way of shunning people. Yeah, it's terrible. That's a shame. That's people a shame like that for people who. Go ahead, Pat. What? But people like that could have such a positive effect on someone's life just by saying hello. Oh, why not? Yes, We're it's looking. so true. We're listening just to by having just yeah. giving them ten seconds. Yeah. You know. If, if that's the thing with me and Mariska, I, who knows if could have been a scarring experience for me had she not been so kind. So it's definitely a lesson for anybody with a following. You might sort. not be on our show, huh? We almost lost you, of course, if she was bruised. Hello. I've got to look at yeah, it that way. Yeah, I mean, who, who would have known? <laughs> you really may want though. to become it's a school teacher. Off. Get yeah. inhibited. <laughs> <laughs> so basically all of these mentors come together or, you know, my life as it is now, um, eventually it came time to apply, apply to colleges. And my family had, you know, started doing college tours fairly early on in my high school career. Um, we used to make little family trips out of it, weekend vacations. Um, so after my experiences with SVU and everything, I knew exactly where I wanted to go. Um, you know, everything had built up to this decision in my life. My parents' encouragement, my love for SVU and Mariska, my accomplished goal to meet her. I felt, you know, I felt like I was through the moon. The confidence that Mike Lemon gave me, my acting teacher, um, and the experiences that Don Glenn allowed me to have um, definitely all came together. So I knew that I had to be in New York City. You know, it, it was so foreign to me, but it sounds cliche, but I knew that the opportunities were endless because, you know, my my ultimate goal at the time as a, as a teenager had just come true in that city so it's like i could do anything here well you can it's, it's so know. true and New it's York true it's still magic. happening it's, it's still true. happening so i knew that i had to be in new york and you know for many reasons boredom was the choice for me um so i knew that it was a challenge to get in there so i had to write a good essay and i wrote my essay on everything that i've mentioned prior to this you know, my goal to meet Mariska, how I accomplished it, led me to fall in love with NYC, um, how I wanted to study film and television, um, and how I eventually found Fordham. And I applied early action, and I got in. Wow, that's great. And ever since then, everything has fallen into, play, into place, obviously. Um, you know, what has all of that led me to? Gianni and Pat. <laughs> Here we are. And well, Hollywood see, Godfather. I, I'd, I'd revisit all that if that's all got to you so far. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Megan, we're, we're very sorry that we stunted your career. <laughs> Never say that. Bear with us. Sooner or later, there's going to be yeah. a positive effect. She's, she's bringing us luck. We're going to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the other way around. <laughs> I mean, it's only just starting, you know? Oh, the rest is yet to come. Yep, yep, yep. Thank I God. I know, I know. But I do have to say, sometimes I, I have to pinch myself when I'm, you know, at an interview of Gianni's or an event with him or sitting down even to do this podcast, um, being in his apartment, surrounded by photos of so many incredible people. I have to think back to being that teenager and all she wanted to do was move to New York and be around people in entertainment. And now I work with somebody who was literally in The Godfather, <laughs> arguably the greatest film of all time thank um, you thank you for thinking so yeah, that well you know cool. millions of people cool. think that so it's good i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> believe me uh, we are we're, we're delighted because you know when pat and i were putting this show together we knew we needed someone like you 
never thinking we'd find someone, you know, who's schooled in it and, you know, comes from such a great background and not a D's and D's person, which could have been funny, but it shouldn't be. We, want, <laughs> we wanted to, you know, we needed you to, well, not Pat. Pat's a college graduate professor, everything else. But I me, I, I needed uh, the, some class around me. So I, I, we, I'm, I think the, the dynamic of the three of us all work, and we all work with each other. So that's yeah, thanks you to know, you. Well, thank you. As you go forward in life, and I, this is never going to happen because I know who you are. Gianni knows who you are. But for anybody else that's listening, never forget where you came from. That's right. You're so right. That's right. Never. Yeah. I've seen it happen so many times. And, it, it, uh, it, it, I've seen it. Yeah. It's still happening, actually. Yeah. It's yeah, a, my dad always says, you know, never forget where you came from and who you represent. Well, so. that's really important. Well, in your case, yeah, I would I would never mention my family. So, <laughs> again, it has to be very unique when it said when you say. I something. guess you're right. Yeah, that's true. No, but uh, um, a project. So, yeah. that's funny. And what you just said, Pat, I was working on a project with De Niro, and we flew to Chicago to meet some people, and I think it was like 10, 12 years ago, and uh, today talking about coming back, they asked me if I would want to do that project now because it's reversed because he had it on, you know, options. And now he didn't renew his new option and they knew I really wanted to do it. But I wanted to do it with, you know, the team we had. We had, uh, oh my God, uh, the guy who did Boardwalk Empire. And I mean, we had a great crew. And I, and I just told them today, I said, well, you know, if that happened to me five years ago, yes. But the crew we have now, which includes, you know, you two and Colin Wilson and, I mean, the people we have, Nick Vallelungo, and we're negotiating today, and I'll say it on the air with Milo today, because that, that show was canceled. This Is Us was canceled. I can't believe it. Was it? Yeah. Canceled. Oh, I didn't know that. And it was so funny because they we knew they knew we were talking to them obviously the past few weeks. So Nick, Nick Vallelongo, who's a great guy, I know him all his life. He said to me, he, he called me, he said, Johnny, you know, uh, this is us was canceled. I said, I know. It was the highest rated show on television. I said, I know. He said, you said I know twice. You had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> Because oh he knows I want the guy. I mean, the guy. So if people don't know who you're talking about, it's Milo Ventimiglia from, uh, you know, I, I know him personally from Gilmore Girls, another one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, um, so that's who we're trying to get to play you, correct? Right. But not only that, I never watched the show. And they now they've given me privy to see some stuff. I didn't know they did flashbacks and brought that kid down to like 20, 20 even 19 years of age in the flashbacks. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he could really take this almost 80% of the whole book for 10 hours. I mean, if that, if that eventually happens, that would be insane. Well, I'm hoping it I does for him. all of our sake. <laughs> right? I hope you're right. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed for that. Yeah. Milo, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. That's funny you should say that. Stay when, with us. When we get off the air, I'm going to share an email I got last night. 
from oh. Colin Wilson. Oh my gosh, I and, can't wait. And, yeah, and, we'll, we'll keep that privy until. No, no, but he, he guess what he closed with? Fingers wow. crossed. You just said it. I, I never oh, heard that. Oh, we're so in sync. <laughs> <laughs> we're so in sync. I love it. That's so good. That is funny. That is funny. Well, boys, that's all I have for my uh, mentors. Really? Well, I'm, we're, we're, we're happy we're included. I know I am. I know Pat is too. I mean, we, we find you very delightful, entertaining, and smart. And uh, Well, thank you. So it's... Um, it, uh, well, now you know all that led up to this. I'm sure our Everybody audience does. wanted to know too, because you know you are. I hope so. Well, you're their, their you're their personality, you're their eyes and ears, and their voice, basically, when we're when we're doing the show, and that yeah. that was the idea we brought you on, and and you totally have not disappointed us. Oh, well, thank you. I so, really appreciate that. So, what does Uncle Pat have to say to Megan? Words of wisdom from the professor. Well, like I said, I, I, and I think it's 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 never going to happen. But it, it's it's the rule rather than than the exception that the people who gain fame for the most part forget where they came from. That's what I found. Mm. Maybe I'm hanging around the wrong people. I know that's not going to happen to you, and you'll be no. much more uh, happy with, with your life uh, when you have that attitude. This is where I was. This is where I am now. And everybody I knew then, I still know now. Uh, right. Which leads to a happier life. You, you gotta, as, as you get older, and this happens to all of us, as you gain some kind of fame, notoriety, success in business, you got a new friends. And I'm putting those in air quotes. The new friends mm -hmm. may be generous and genuine, but they're not like the old friends, the ones you were with when you were just coming up. Mm. I've, I've always stuck to that. Gianni's always stuck to that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I still do, actually. A lot of guys. One guy in particular. Who, the only one living. There was like five of them. Now there's only one left. Who's yeah, well, mentored me. That happens too. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's very good. I'm glad you shared that with us. I'm sure yeah, the thank audience you for letting has. Me. No, I mean, it was time. It was time. <laughs> So we go to the mailbag, we'll take a break, go to commercial, and come back and go to the mailbag. How's that? Perfect. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you partly by Hollywood Godfather La Familia. This sponsor is particularly important to Gianni, Patrick, and myself because it is giving you, our fans, the opportunity to join our family. When joining our family, you have the chance to purchase virtual interactions with Gianni, Patrick, and myself, such as Zoom meetings and video greetings. In addition, you have access to signed merchandise from Gianni, including signed copies of his memoir, Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movies and the Mob, with Patrick Picciarelli, as well as signed photographs from The Godfather. Visit HollywoodGodfatherFamily.com to join and to learn about how you can become an associate or even an underboss or boss of the family. Such status will come with perks. Prices and details are also available at HollywoodGodfatherFamily.com. Trust us, this is an offer you can't refuse. All right, time for the mailbag. Yep. Uh, first is from Steve. Steve says, hi, Gianni. Did you ever meet actor and singer Robert Davi? Am I saying that right? Oh, my God, yeah. I he shouldn't said, have said it that did, way. Did you, also, did you and Barbara Sinatra not get along? Hello, definitely not. No, oh, why? I'm sorry. He said, why not, did you? Oh, why not? Let me go to Robert Davi first. 
Robert Davi, I wrote and produced a movie called For Which He Stands. And Robert Davi was co-starred in that with uh, William Forsythe, Maria Conchito Alonso, uh, Jack Scalia, who else was in it? Had a lot of people in it. But anyway, yeah, I, I cast him in this movie. He was very good in it, actually. And I took him to South of France, too. We were at the Cannes Film Festival. We were screened at the Cannes Film Festival, which is big when they ask you out of all the films throughout the world to be screened there. Have Has a great... he been active recently, Gianni? He's been acting all the time, but, you know, he's... He's doing Sinatra now, which, I mean, I, I mean I'd say it to his face, everybody in the world is doing Sinatra, and he's the most likeliest guy you would ever think to do Sinatra, but he's, he's singing Sinatra and looks nothing like Sinatra. He's, he's about six foot tall, <laughs> crop of black hair, very pocked, rugged skin, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's, it's interesting how these people make these choices. But I, I see him around. He's, he really hasn't. He never made it. You know, it's, it's, he's done some great things. And then just say, he reminds me of Amon Asante. I love Amon Asante. And Amon Asante I've done so many things with. And in fact, he, I put him in striptease with us. And then uh, when they asked him to do Gotti, he was afraid to do Gotti for HBO. And at the time, I was on speaking terms with John. And so one night on the set, I knew John got a phone from one of the prison guards every night. So we were on location in Florida. <laughs> and I woke up to Amon. I said, Amon, somebody wants to talk to you. And it was John Gotti. Because he was afraid to take the part because John may be mad at him. So I told, I got a message to John. And he told him, I'd be very honored. You take that part, kid. And that's how he got that part. I don't know if anybody, the audience has seen him do Gotti for HBO. It was amazing many that, years ago. That was a good trial pick. The, yeah. The one out with, uh, when it was out last year, that really sucked. Oh, my God. Oh. John Travolta. That was unbelievably oh, bad. I know, I know. Anyway, th those of you who can't place Robert uh, Davi, if you saw Die Hard with Bruce Willis and practically everybody saw that movie. He played the wise guy FBI agent who goes up in the helicopter to try to uh, fly around Nakatomi Plaza and gets shot out of the sky. But that was a good part. Rob Bobby played him. Oh. Hmm. No, but like I said, he's been in so many things. And then as far as Barbara Sinatra, <laughs> talking about, you know, this is a great example as the the um, advice I want to say that Pat just gave you, don't forget your past. Mm -hmm. Barbara Sinatra forgot her past. <laughs> Once she got married to, to the Marx brother, then when she married Sinatra, she totally eradicated her past. <laughs> and she thought she was Frank Sinatra's wife from day one. But I knew her as a chip hustler and a chorus line girl, which doesn't make it bad, but don't forget that's what you did. That's exactly what Pat was saying. You did it, you achieved something, you moved on. But the fact that I knew her, she worked for a very close friend of mine, Eddie Torres, who was out of the, the Purple Gang in, in Detroit, and he ran the Riviera Hotel. 
And uh, when she started hanging out with Sinatra, you'd think she was the Blessed Virgin. It was amazing. <laughs> and with that, she started eliminating people like me around Frank that were his old friends and all knew her. And uh, so she was. She didn't, she didn't even die happy. I remember her in her last. She only died like two years ago, actually. But anyway, <laughs> that's the answer to that kid's question. Maybe too lengthy, but it's the answer. <laughs> All right. Next, next, we have a couple from Linda. A couple questions. Linda says, hello, Gianni and all. I was wondering if you have ever performed at the old executive hotel across from the Buffalo airport. My friend owned it. <laughs> hmm. And then, then he moved on. In fact, uh, he, he, he built it on, on an, an airplane. He was very smart, this kid, early on in life. He bought an old, well, right near the airport. So he opened, mm-hmm. he opened the executive there. I forgot his name. Then he moved on to Boca Raton and opened a big nightclub there. Yeah, I, I've, I've been several times. I'm still good friends with a lot of people up in Buffalo. Really good friends. All right. She goes on to ask, were you ever acquainted with any members of the Magadino family? Are you kidding me? I loved them. Are you kidding? <laughs> the Magadino family, they ran Buffalo for years. <laughs> No, this person I, must be from Buffalo. Oh, yeah, she said, thanks again, Linda from Buffalo. I had to be, yeah, the Magadinos, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no. So then finally she says, I have enjoyed seeing you perform live, and you could not have been more charming and personable. You made some middle-aged ladies feel like teenagers. Thank you. I wish you continued success and can't wait for your next book. Be well. Will you be at Falls View Casino? Thanks again, Linda from Buffalo. I'll be close by. Tell L- Linda, um... I, I was I landed March seventh, two March seventh ago now, in Buffalo and drove across the border and was at Niagara Falls View, and a hundred and some people from Buffalo were in the audience, and some of the Magadinos, some of the Cachis, uh, I can name about a hundred years of good behavior, the Panaros, <laughs> <laughs> they were all showed up. Thank God, so come along with them. All right. Next, we have a few questions from Thomas. Thomas says, Pat, if you were stuck on a deserted island and you could only take one book with you, what book would you take and why? That's a good question. Uh, I will give you a, a, a series of books. And the reason I... I one one book. Sorry. One book. And one. Hey, I, I, I read 50 books a year. I know that, but she said one book. How can, I, how can I pick just one? But I'm going to answer this question uh, with a with a series of books. Same character though. Uh, when I, when I when I was a kid, uh, my father died when I, when I was 14 years old. It was a tragic loss for me because we were very close. And at the time, I had read my first Perry Mason book. All right, there was 86 of them. Oh my God! If you oh, mind. Wow. Of my dad. I hope it's a big island that you're going to. <laughs> yeah, well, we used to watch that show every Saturday night. It was a very complicated show with a lot of subplots and everything. You always mean, what's going on now? Well, I was like ten years old. You know? Do you know how anyway, many? Do you know how many Perry Mason shows I did? Do you have well, any I idea? One, I saw you on one recently, one of the, uh, the movies of the week. I've done sixteen Perry Mason yeah. shows. <laughs> you, in, in the one I saw, you were killed. You were murdered. 
I'm, I'm weird in most of my things I do on television. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, those when I read a uh, Perry Mason book, I, I still read them and I reread them, uh, maybe two or three of them a year. I do it because it reminds me of my father. And so if I was on an island somewhere by myself, that's what I would read. Okay. All right. All right. Next is actually for me from Thomas. Thomas says, Megan, in your opinion, what has been the most outrageous part of Gianni's life and why? Whoa. That is a really good question. That you know about. <laughs> right. Okay. Only things that have been printed okay. are what I know. So what do you, what do you think he's been? You could point out a few things in the book uh, that are no, really... It's, it's her question. Let's I know, but I'm just saying there's so many. No, but I mean, um, I, I want to see what she's impressed with <laughs> or not. I'm so, so I need. So obviously, there's a lot of things that you have known about, but never been directly involved in. So right. I have to rule all of those out. Okay. So I would probably have to say either your dealings with the Vatican or being tortured by Pablo Escobar. Yeah, they were they were two very important parts of my life. Right. Great. That's I'm glad. Pat, would you agree with me on that? I would say that, and uh, trying to get out of uh, Tehran. Oh my God! Yeah, with mm. uh, half development behind them, trying to trying to stop them from doing it. Yeah, and anyway, it's been a wild and crazy life, a wild and crazy book. Wild and crazy, yeah. Guy. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think those would probably be my two. Wow, that's yeah. good. Good. Um, and finally, from Thomas for Gianni, if you had to live only one year of your life over and over again. Groundhog Day style. What year would you pick and why? Hmm. Th this is going to sound almost sacrilegious. One day? One one year. Oh, one year. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, still going to sound sacrilegious then. Because either it would be Marilyn Monroe or John Paul II. <laughs> mm. they were, those years with Marilyn and with him were, I, I can't even comprehend anything coming close to it. It was so so different and so unique. So. I think they're good answers. All right, next is from Bilal. Bilal says, what was it like shooting the scene in The Godfather Part Two and having to act with James Caan after how much you guys hated each other? James has his arm wrapped around you, touching your cheek and acting like he likes you, wondering what it was like between takes and setups. That's why we're called actors. <laughs> we were good actors that day. Everybody thought we liked each other. Mm -hmm. They'd say, cut. I'd say, get your hands off me now, idiot. <laughs> Classic. Well, that's basically it. You got a couple good actors on your hands. Oh, no. That's, oh, no. Perfect, actually. All right. So I think we have time for one more, and I think this is a good one to end off on because, Pat, we need a little bit of an update i think for our listeners um this is from jerry jerry says hi pat did you ever locate the missing woman i never heard a follow-up love the show you guys are great take care jerry yes we did uh funny you should ask yeah we, we didn't share that with us either no, i i did oh something. he told me that oh you didn't tell me oh sure we plastered uh the midtown area of manhattan and the upper west side which are the biggest areas where homeless people congregate so, I mean, it was like looking for a needle in a haystack. If you wanted to successfully look for somebody in that predicament, which was, a, 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 those of you who didn't listen to the show, a, a woman 
with uh, psychological problems, ran off and she was in Manhattan somewhere. Anyway, you would need a platoon of uh, private eyes, not just one guy, uh, but that's all the client could afford. Anyway, when we had given up hope and the client was about to go to a, uh, a mind reader, medium type, you know, mm-hmm. that's times. What she right, 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 right. And that's, that's the last straw. I wasn't able to, to help her, you know, in, in that area. A, uh, a man and his wife are standing on a corner of Broadway and 78th Street, and we had one of the flyers plastered on a mailbox. And he looks at the flyer, looks to his right, and who do you think standing there? Wow. A woman. And what this is, is you know, those of you who don't know what the homeless situation like is like the Upper West Side of Manhattan. There's hundreds, if not thousands, oh my God, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And she's standing there. Now, she's been missing for two months. She's in the same clothes that she pictured in in the picture on the flyer. Wow. She's two months. She, when she left, she was 145 pounds. She lost 50 pounds on the street, right? Covered with sores. How did he see her? How did he recognize her? Clothes, the clothes. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Then he, then he, then he asked her, "Are you?" And she says, "And she didn't run or anything." Pardon me? She didn't run or anything. Or no, was no. not what you were nervous about? She was, she was too not tired. Only too weak. <laughs> she was not only too weak to run. She was too weak to even sit down. I'll get to that in a second. But she's, she's, you know, she had, she had lice and everything. This guy and his wife take her up to their apartment. And I'm thanking this guy. I said, listen, wow. you know, above and beyond the call. Oh, my gosh. I said, dial 911. He says, no, no, we're going to take her up to the apartment. I'm thinking, wow, thank God for West Side liberals. Yeah. Otherwise, everybody would have walked away from this woman, but they yeah. wanted help. Long story short, she couldn't sit in a chair. When she sat in a chair, she, like, folded out of it and hit the floor. She was so weak. She lost one-third of her body weight. Oh, my Any- gosh. I, I, I'm on the phone uh, with with the people who found her, the client, and the uh, the cops. So the cops, true to form, they didn't want much to do with this. Right. So old of the soon-to-be ex-husband, who drives in from Pennsylvania, uh, somewhere around the Harrisburg area. I forgot what the name of the place was. And she sat there waiting for him. You still there? Yeah. We're all yeah, here. we're here. I don't see a picture anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And and he sh- he showed up, uh, and and uh, she was out of it. She was delusional. But one of her requests was, "Can I please stay in Manhattan for another two to three weeks?" I mean, what? she would have been dead by then. And by the way, she had a three carat diamond ring when she left. She still home, had it, and she didn't have it with her, but she took a hell of a beating somewhere along the line, and I would imagine she fought for the ring, uh, but the ring was gone, and she but knew she- nothing about. How or she, was, no, she didn't know what happened to the ring. She was unable to describe what happened to it. She was just out of it. Anyway, she goes to the hospital in uh, Pennsylvania. They put her back on her meds. And she was okay after about three or four days when the meds kicked in. She's normal. If you can call whatever she was undergoing normality. But she's going back uh, to, to, to New York. She's As soon as she's able to, you know, she has some cash and a plan She'll go off of meds, which have horrible side effects. I How do you know that, though? I mean, she shares because that I talk to her, Well, I talked to her sister, oh, who's okay. the client. And she's, she's talking about it. I want to go back to Manhattan. I love New York. Well, she'd be a great ad for the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, yeah. Hello. Oh, my gosh. What she's willing to go through. 
She's, she will tell be her, going. Tell her to make sure she no. don't quote our, our millennium here. Stay away from <laughs> Megan. <laughs> anyway, thank you for asking, but she's found, and as of now, she's safe. Well, and there's no well, way they could restrain her or anything else? No, I guess not, nope. right? What? I mean, they they can try to keep her on her meds, but there's no forcing it. Once she lets herself no, off, yeah. then she's done. Yeah. That's why she ran. The, 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 the side effects were just bad for her and for, I understand, a lot of people. She was on bipolar medication and on medication for something else. The combination of the two put her in a in like a fugue state. She was, a, was like a zombie-like state. Right. You feel like you're not even... You know, yourself alive at all. Yeah. Exactly. So she, that's why she got off it. But uh, uh, her sister has uh, power of attorney. Uh, but you can't you can't keep an eye on her 24-7. She's going to go. But they're, uh, are they, you know what they're doing now, and I'm, I'm doing it to, to my grandsons right now. Behind either ear, left or right ear, they put a GPS little wafer. That's a good idea. Yep. Then you'll, because to avoid us, at least they'll know where she is. To to avoid anybody looking for her, the last time she escaped, she did it twice, by the way. But the uh, the second time, she was smarter than the first time when she kept her cell phone and they just tracked her cell phone. This time, right. she put the cell phone and the credit cards in the car uh, in a rooftop garage and never went back to them. I know what I'm saying. What's happening now to the rich kids or grandchildren? They're where they're doing this. And uh, it's it's an it's an amazing uh, because you can imagine well we, we see it all day long how many kids are missing and never being found wealthier yeah. kids are easy, even more captivated. But it's uh, a great idea. It's a little chip, microchip. They put the loose skin behind your ear, and that's it. it. Stays there forever. Well, just as long as she doesn't know it's there, it'll. That's work. what I'm saying. Yeah. They they put it in during sleep or sedator, and that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, I just wish them luck, and I wouldn't want to be part of that family that must be going through hell. Oh, no, no, yeah, she's on the go. Yeah, forget the client that I was dealing with and her husband, very, very nice people, and there's nothing you can do. That's what's frustrating about this. Somebody gets this kind of a mental illness, there's literally nothing you can do to help. It's all right. It's, it's got to be them. You can be kind. You can, you can do everything you possibly can. It's not going to work unless that person stays on meds. Yeah, unless they and they want to, you know, be cured. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for asking the question. I should have brought that up. I just yeah. Thank you for telling me. To move back. Yeah, it all happened so quickly. We didn't wow. even think yeah, to just... sit down and talk about it. All right. Well, that's all, folks, for this week. We'll see you next week, and thank you for tuning in. Share the joy with all your friends. Tell them to write reviews because we we don't want to go nowhere. We really enjoy doing this. So until we see you again, I don't know what state you're in, but I'd keep my mask on and have some fun and stay safe. Good night, Pat. Good night, Good night, guys. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Or when it seems your friends desert you, 
Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. I'll be around. Give me a call. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I want you to tune into Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you hear your podcasts. Remember, we put up a new show every Wednesday night. Special guests, special surprises constantly, and you can get involved. Hollywood Godfather Podcast.